0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned, at the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter four. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: Annas, he's got his family there, all in cahoots, kind of this mob situation. And notice they gathered together, and they bring Peter and John, and notice in verse 7, and set them in the midst. Do you see that? What they did was, listen, give me your attention, this, this, this Sanhedrin, this group of 71 men, they actually, when it says that he, he set them in the midst, the 71 men would actually form a semicircle. They would form this semicircle, and then they brought Peter and John in, and they stood Peter and John Two fishermen in the midst of a semicircle of 71 men. And so what we have here is 71 of the greatest theologians in Israel against two fishermen. Does that not strike you as a little odd? 71 men against two fishermen. But notice these two fishermen now. We know because we've been reading our Bibles And we know that these two fishermen are filled with the Holy Spirit. So now what we have, let's put the Holy Spirit in the equation. Now what we have is 71 men against three. Peter, John, and Jesus. If you're with me so far, say amen. Amen. So, if God be for us, then who can be against? So, you plus Jesus is the majority. Amen. Amen. Isn't that true? That's why I'm glad I'm a Christian. Because we talked about this on Wednesday night. I'm a Christian because I'm on the winning team. Amen, saints? You're a Christian because you're on the winning team. I mean, think about it. You plus God is the majority. You know, you got these 71 plus three, Peter, John, and Jesus. And notice they asked them this question in your Bibles. But by what power or by what name has have you done this? And this is actually a good question. It's a legitimate question because Deuteronomy chapter 13, you can look this up in your own time, instructed them that if a miracle or a sign or a wonder took place, It was done, and it was done in the name of any other besides the name of Jehovah, the name of Yahweh. The person who did the sign or wonder was to be stoned and to be killed. So this is a good question. These guys are standing with rocks in their hands, hoping that Peter and John will say, we did this in the name of Jesus. Very interesting. Now, keep in mind, this is the same group. You want to keep this in mind. This is the same group that approximately two months earlier were questioning Jesus in the house of Caiaphas. Don't you remember? You know the story. While Jesus is being questioned in the house of Caiaphas, Peter is outside by the fire. And a little girl comes up to Peter, his little girl. And she says, you're one of his followers. I know you are. And Peter says, I don't know what you're talking about, little kid. Get away from me. That's in the Greek language. Get away from me, Peter says. And she says, oh, yeah. She says, you, you know, your accent betrays you. You're a Galilean. You have a northern draw, she says. And Peter said, listen, kid, I don't know what you're talking about. And then the ter- third time she said, you know him. And Peter began to curse and said, if I know him, let me be anathema. The word anathema means to be cursed, damned to hell, Peter is saying to a little girl, are you getting this? To a little girl, if I know Jesus, then let me be damned and let me be cursed to hell. And you know, the rooster crowed. And Peter ran off weeping and sobbing into the night. And now, saints, look at the contrast. Look at post-Holy Spirit filling and look at, pardon me, pre-Holy Spirit filling and look at post-Holy Spirit filling. Here, Peter now is standing in the midst of the same men, only now they are gathered against him personally. And Peter is standing there face-to-face with these big guns. And this is the same Peter who just a couple of months ago gave in under pressure. Just a couple of months ago, Peter was by the fire. And then in Acts chapter 2, we see Peter is filled with fire of the Holy Spirit. And now we see here in Acts chapter 4 that Peter is under fire. You see that? By the fire, filled with fire, and under the fire. You see, he's filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit, so he can now be a witness under fire fire. Saints, let me tell you something. You can't be a witness under fire if you're not filled with fire. Amen. Well, I don't know why they're doing it to me. Well, I'm not getting my promotion on my job. Well, people are turning their back on me. I feel like I'm under fire. Listen, you're not going to do well under fire unless you are filled with the fire <coughs> of the Holy Spirit. And here's the good news. Someone once said that God keeps one hand on the thermostat and one hand on you. He won't let the fire burn you up. Amen? Amen. He won't let you be consumed. So Peter, now we saw him by the fire. We see him filled with fire. And now we see him under fire. And would you note this in verse 8? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, look at verse 8, he did what, saints? Said. Did you see that? Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit, and he said. Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit, and did you note this? He doesn't start speaking in tongues. So he did. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Need I say more? <clears throat> How many of us, I know for many, many years, I have been taught, that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, listen to me. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that you that will be evidenced by speaking in tongues. Have you been have you ever heard that? Yes. Been taught that? Yes. For many, many years, and I, I, I believe that. I mean I had grown up with that. And 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 you know, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and therefore, you know, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, but I've never spoken in tongues. So needless to say, in that environment, I always felt like less a Christian. I always felt inferior that I wasn't speaking in tongues and other people were speaking in tongues. Well, then I began to read the Bible and come to learn that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, there are many things that can happen in your life. And one of them is that you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you begin to speak the word with boldness. Well, that's what happened with Peter. Peter is now, it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he said... Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. He didn't begin to speak in tongues. No. Peter didn't begin to float. Peter be, didn't begin to, 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 no. to, to glow. No. Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. He didn't go, you know, Shanda makai. <laughs> <laughs> he come down the Honda. Amen. Going out on the Kawasaki. <laughs> Shanda. oh, blow it. None of that happened. Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit and He said, remember what Jesus said in John, pardon me, Matthew chapter 10, verse 19. Jesus said, but when they deliver you up, do not worry. Jesus is saying, don't be troubled. Don't be terrified. Don't worry, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speaks, but the spirit of your father who speaks in you. John chapter 14, verse 26, but the Holy Spirit, the helper whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said. So Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit and he said, now in the Greek language, it literally reads this, Peter having been filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter having been filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, I think it's a misnomer in the church and people will ask you all the time, you know, are you, as people have asked me, are are you spirit-filled? They ask you, are you spirit-filled? Do you go to a spirit-filled church? Now listen, when people ask you that question, people ask me that question, listen, forgive me, pardon me, I'm not trying to be rude, but when someone asks me, are we spirit-filled or do you go to a spirit-filled church or are you spirit-filled, that is simply them displaying their ignorance of the scriptures. Because you got to understand something. The Bible is very, very clear. If you are not spirit filled, you are not a Christian. Jesus said, if you don't have the spirit of God, you are none of his. You can't be born again without the spirit of God. It's impossible. So when people talk about, are you spirit filled? Well, what what kind of question is that? Of course, I'm spirit filled. I'm a Christian. Peter was spirit-filled when he became a Christian on the day of Pentecost. He had been filled by the Spirit. Now, in the, Greek, in the Greek grammar, it tells us that this is a new filling or this is a fresh filling or it's a refill, if you will. I told you. I'm into refills. Uh, first thing, go to a restaurant, first thing you sit down, you say, what? Do y'all give Refills. <laughs> But y'all don't. I, that's my first question. Y'all got refills, especially on the steak. Do y'all have refills on the state? I want to know. I'm in the refills, man. You know, you know. It was uh, it was uh, a DL Moody who was asked by this irate lady. He said, "She said, Mr. Moody, why are you always talking about a fresh filling and being refilled by the Holy Spirit?" And he said, "I leak." Yeah, man, we leak. Look, I don't know about you, but I need a refill because I leak. I, I, I leak. I leak. I leak. Especially out there on the 440, I leak. All right, say amen if you know what I'm talking about. Man, the other day, I not only was I leaking, I was flowing. I was all over the place. This guy drove up behind me. I mean, okay, so what? I'm talking on the phone and driving in three lanes, but that's not the point. This guy was like, "Eh, eh, 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 eh." and he's getting all up on me and stuff. And he drove by me. I drove down my window. I said, I, said, I said, don't make me leak. <laughs> you don't wonder I follow you where you got to go. <laughs> got something for you. Y'all know Pastor, just kidding. Peter, hey, look, man. Peter's talking about a refill. We need to be refilled by the Holy Spirit. Amen, saints? Every single day, listen, get up in the morning and say, Lord, fill me. Just need a fresh filling today. Yeah, I got to do it every Monday. Thank you, Jesus. Sunday is wonderful. It's a blessing, and I'm all excited, and I I keep going all day because I love church, and I love y'all, and I love what God's doing. They have discipleship here, foundation class here on Sunday night, marriage on Sunday night. I go to all the classes sometimes. I'm just so excited. And then Monday morning, I feel like I'm on empty. Yes. I, I, I just leaked everything I had on Sunday. And, and I, Monday, I, Lord, fill me. Tuesday, Lord, fill me. Wednesday, Lord, fill me. Got church on Wednesday night, Lord, fill me. You see, because we leak. It's very, very simple, and yet very profound. We leak. You know, being filled with the Spirit. Saints, being filled with the Spirit isn't a title. Let me share something with you. Being filled with the Spirit isn't a title. Being filled with the Spirit, the Bible teaches, is a condition. It's not a title, it's a condition. To be filled with the Spirit is not, you know, people, you know, you filled with the Spirit. Well, that's not, it's not a title. It's a condition. It's a way of life. Being filled with the Spirit means you walk in love, you walk in joy, you walk in peace, you walk in Galatians chapter 5. It is a condition and a way that you live. It's a time when you're filled with the Spirit is when you're listening to God and walking with God and doing what God tells you to do. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. This morning, my wife, she says to me, she says, "Uh," she says, honey, there's a sister in our church who uh, has cancer. And uh, she's being treated for it. and Praise God, God's going to heal her. Yeah. She said, but the Lord, my wife said this was this morning, at like quarter to 8. And church first service is 8.15. And she said, honey, you know, and she said, honey, she said, you know, I, I got to call her. I, the Lord laid her on my heart yesterday. And, and overnight, I just am stirred. I got to call her. I'm like, honey, it's you know, 7.5. We got to be at church 15. She said, I got to call her right now. I said, okay, let me give you the phone number. She called her like 7.45, 10 to 8 this morning, whatever time it was. She said, how you doing? Whatever they talked about, I don't know. She said, she came back and My wife said, you know what? I felt like I needed to call her and I was supposed to call her. And she told me, I'm glad you called me because yesterday was a very difficult day for me. Now, see, this is what I'm saying, how this whole thing about walking in the spirit and it's a condition fleshes out in your life. It simply means, look, if the Holy Spirit tells you to pick up the phone to call someone, then call them. If the Holy Spirit tells you to make out a card to someone, then make it out. And don't forget to send it. <laughs> See, man. amen. Some of y'all got cards in your purse you ain't sent out yet. <laughs> Being filled with the Spirit simply means to do what it is the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Yeah. It's not speaking in tongues, it's not floating, it's not shouting in the Spirit and dancing bears and jumping over the pews and swinging from the ceiling. See, we think being being filled with the Spirit means activity in the church corporately. Being filled with the Spirit just simply means flesh it out, flesh it out. How does it work out practically? Do what the Spirit tells you to do and you'll prove that you are filled because you're listening to the Holy Spirit. That's what it means. Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit, and he begins to speak boldly. And notice he lays it out for him in our text. He says, listen, if you're going to put us on trial for a good deed done to a crippled man, then you might as well know by what name he has been healed. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. The reason this man stands here whole is because of Jesus. This is the stone that was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone, he's quoting from Psalms 118, verse 22. And then he goes on to say there is salvation in no other. There's only one name under heaven given among men in verse 12, whereby we must be saved. The Bible is clear, saints, listen, I'll give it to you short and sweet. The Bible's clear. There is one way to be saved, and that is through Jesus Christ. There's not many ways. There's one way. Peter said there's no other way. Tithing can't save you. Amen. Baptism can't save you. Religion can't save you. The law can't save you. Ceremony can't save you. There's only one way to be saved, and that is through Jesus Christ. And I am amazed that people will say to you, you, you Christians are so narrow. You Christians are so narrow. Can you, you mean to tell me there is one way? That's incredible. That's staggering. I can't believe you narrow Christians there's one way. I'm amazed that people have a problem with the one way to be saved, but they don't have a problem with one way regarding anything else. If you want to work for my company and I tell you there's one way for you to work in my company, what would you do? You get in line with the one way or you don't work for my company. If I tell you science tells us that there is one polio vaccine, you don't have no problem with that. Well, I, you know what? I, no, I'd rather keep my polio because I, you know, I ain't in it one way. it got to be another way. I mean, carrot juice, something. It's got... Herbs. There's got to be more than one way. I mean, you know, if they come up with a cure for cancer, do you think people would say, you know, nah, I don't think I want that one cure for cancer? It's ridiculous. People don't understand. Listen, the reason why people don't want to acknowledge the, the one way is because they don't want to acknowledge that they are sick with the disease of sin. That's right. They don't want to acknowledge that. They don't want to acknowledge this one way is not narrow. One way is a blessing. Yes, one way is wonderful. Yes, Thank you, Jesus. It could have been no way. That's right. Narrow. It, it could have been no way for men to be. There's one way. People don't want to acknowledge. The fact is, y'all, we're all going to die someday. We're all going to die someday. You know, I remember when I was a little kid, and uh, I, I, I remember my Aunt Renetta's house, and uh, I remember, see, when I, I come from the old school, and the old school, the kids didn't sit at the table with the adults. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. I come from school, you, you know, you're a little kid, you want to sit at the big table and you try to scoot your little body up to the big table, your mom be like, what you think you're doing? I'm drunk, you something to eat. Not at this table, you don't. Know. That's old school. See, kids and thought, it's all different now. But I remember years ago at my Ironetta's house, I remember we'd we always gather, and the kids always had to sit at the little card table <laughs> with the broke down chairs. You remember that? <laughs> you remember the card table with the broke down chairs? All right. <laughs> And I remember looking at that big table from afar, and I said, you know, someday I'm going to sit at the big table, you know, and I grew up, and now I'm able to sit at the big table. I'm in high school, junior high, I remember these years, and when you're in high school, junior high, you know, you just can't wait to get out on your own, because you get to buy your own big table then, you know, you can't wait to get out on your own. You know, when I get out on my own, I'll be free. I'm gonna be free and I'm gonna live when I. Not realizing, listen, if you're in high school, when you get out on your own, you're not free. You work. Say amen, parents. You work. Well, now you gotta pay your own bills. Now you gotta pay your own rent. Now you gotta buy your own gas, buy your own cars. Now you gotta wash your own dirty clothes. Say amen, mothers. And I remember these things and, and, and then, you know, you're thinking, okay, you get older, you get a job and whatever, now you're thinking, you know, if I could just make a million dollars. Oh, if I could just, make, I'll be free. And then you grow a little older and your six pack turns to a one pack. Now, you know, you got cellulite all over your body and you're getting older because you're gonna die. Now you need Rogaine. A little late for me and Rogaine, but now you need Rogaine and you're getting older and you try to be healthy. You drink some carrot juice and some herbs and some vitamins and getting older and stuff is going south, but you need liposuction and a nip tuck and you you know, and you need a urologist. Your best friend's a chiropractor. You got problems because you're getting older. I read a story one time. This guy wanted to freeze his body because he wanted to stop getting older. He wanted to freeze his body. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. Like, man, you better get saved before you go from one extreme to another. From cold to hot. Why? Because, listen, we're all getting older. We're all going to die because we've all been affected by the disease of sin. Peter says in our text, there's no other name among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the remedy, the cure for this thing we call sin. Now look at verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, I'm going to read it and I'm going to let y'all go. When, When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, They marveled and they realized that they had been with who saints? Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go outside, to go aside, out of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, what shall we do to these men? For indeed that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. We can't deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them. Oh, yeah, that's going to work. Let them severely threaten them that from now on they speak no name in this name. And so speak to no man in this name. And so they called them in verse 18 and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge for we cannot circle that but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And so when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed just quickly when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. I love that. Saints, don't let Satan rip you off from your testimony. Amen. You know, we need to be bold Christians. Yes. The Bible says we overcome. Listen, listen, listen. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and what? The word of our testimony. Don't let Satan steal your testimony. Peter and John were bold, yes. they shared the word. And they looked at them and said, These guys are uneducated. They're scratching their heads in their holy huddle. We don't understand it. These guys are educated and untrained. They hadn't gone to our seminaries. They hadn't gone to our colleges. They hadn't gone to our schools of thinking. How is it that they are so effective? And what they've concluded is that they had spent time with Jesus. That's why they were effective in the ministry. That's why they were effective in God's call. That's why they were bold. Because they weren't educated in the schools of that day, Shammai and Hallel, which was the two Bible colleges in that day. They were educated. You know, they say they're ignorant, untrained men. That's not true.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293